It's just the power button. False, as I 100% hit this power button. <sighs> Any hoozy. Hey, good morning. Um, shout out to the intercessors who brought the sun. Thank you. It's a good day. Listen, if I don't expect you to know, but today is a fun day. One, because it's Sunday. Two, because it's the day the Lord has made. And three, because it is Pastor Andy's 25th anniversary of preaching. I, right? I tell you. Sometimes I struggle doing anything for 25 minutes. So 25 years is literally an accomplishment and we are so grateful to all that you have done for this house above and beyond. We're so grateful. Um, so we're gonna, service is gonna look a little different. We're gonna worship. We're gonna hear from some people and then we're gonna hear from pastor. Cause I always like people to know what's going on, you know, during service. So why don't you stand? Cause we're gonna get right into worship today. Why don't you pray with me? Jesus, we love you so much. You're welcome here, Father. Father, I thank you that we are going to be moved by you and who you are. So won't you come and have your way today as King of kings and Lord of lords? Father, I thank you for our pastor and I thank you for DJ. I thank you for what they've done to this house. Father, I pray that you continue to use them and bless them. And Father, we give you all of the glory and honor in your sweet name. Amen. All right, let's worship. My way 
happiness or melody And I'll raise a hallelujah Come on, sing it out Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. 
you this morning to really, really go after God, to really, really focus your eyes on Jesus and actually do something because God does not need any fair weather followers. Come on. We sing about following him through the storm. We sing about going through hard times. God needs real followers. Not just on the one sunny day in Clatsop. Come on. And there is no simpler concept than giving into the kingdom of God when it comes to following. I know when something has been purchased on Amazon. Come on. Who gets the notifications that your spouse spent something on Amazon? Right? It's just super easy. Either it was purchased or it wasn't right James the apostle the leader of the early church says dear brothers and sisters when trouble comes your way consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know when your faith when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow who wants to grow in endurance pastor asked me this morning he says are you running things this morning I said I have not ran in so long there is no physical endurance in this body 
For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. Come on. Is that a promise or what? You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Can we, can we put verse 5 up? This is where we're going to land. If you need wisdom, ask, your, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave in the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Have you ever wanted something and you had an idea on how you were going to do it? And then you mentioned, you said, hey, you went to a, maybe a confidant, maybe a mentor, maybe a leader and said, hey, I have this amazing idea. What do you think? And they say, That's not a good idea. Don't do that. And you're like, well, no, thank you. I'm going to go find somebody that agrees with me. What if, what if James is saying, God might have a different idea than you do with his wisdom? What if God has a different idea about what I should do with my money than I do? It is foolish for me to say, God, I want, I want to follow you. God, I want to do what you want me to do. God, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. Oh, I don't want to do that. We have four ways to give at New Life. You might not be struggling financially. You might be struggling in your marriage. You might be struggling with your children. You might be struggling with your parents. You might be struggling with your work, I don't know. And I, and, and I want to just hear me. Giving into the kingdom of God is not going to solve your marriage, okay? But there is a simple, practical step to following Jesus. In the hard times, in the easy times, ask God for wisdom. God, what should I do? And then do it. Lord, I ask that you would give us the strength and the grace to follow your wisdom. Not when it's just, when it's easy, when it's hard, when it's difficult, when it pushes against what we want to do or what we think is wise. God, we want to look and act and think like you. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Never runs out on me. 
Cause your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me
us the voices. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. It's your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. It's your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your Your love, your love,
stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God.
King of kings, and I exalt all Thee. I exalt all Thee. I exalt Thee, Jesus. I exalt Thee. Sing it out. heaven on earth somebody um if you guys missed it or if you're just tuning in online we are celebrating our pastor's 25th anniversary of pastoring uh in this house so why don't you take a seat because we have a couple people who want to give honor to our pastor um i'm gonna start it off in um i'm going to be reading from uh susie jackson she is unable to be with us today but has written some words for pastor uh, and then we're going to hear from Elsie and Joey and then Daniel, um, just for so that everyone knows the flow of what's going on. So let me pull it up with Susie. And now you're, now you're over here, so it's weird to like stare out when you're, when you're not here. So for those of you online, I'm sorry for the side profile, but we're just going to, I'm going to look to you and what she is saying. So pastor, uh, Susie says... I'm honored to be able to thank you publicly for your 25th pastoral anniversary. Little did I know when I walked through the front doors of this church 20 years ago that my life would change forever and I would meet a lifetime friend. With all the time invested in me, consistent guidance, prayers, patience, along with the years of preaching, I am a changed person. I'm here to say thank you from my whole heart for always being a friend to me and my family for always being a phone call away. I will never be able to show or speak enough words of how much I appreciate your friendship for being my pastor for all these years. I hope I wasn't too much work for you. And then she has, then she has in all caps, but thank you. I would also like to say a thank you to DJ because behind every great pastor is a great wife who supports his wife calling, who supports his calling you have been just as instrumental in my life, um, in my life as well, and a great friend. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
Pastor, if I could give you any advice for this next 25 years, preach on, preach on, preach on. Keep going, never give up. There are always many Susies out there searching for a pastor and a church family to love on them. Here's to the next 25 years of friendship, your friend, Susie J. Where's Mimi? This is you. Oh, yeah. Good. There's my second cup of coffee. 25 years plus. <laughs> wow. Um, I kind of remember that day. I'm grateful for that memory. Uh, in my Bible, I had it noted um, uh, Andy's first message as our pastor at Bayview. It was, he started in Romans 8 and the title of it was Independence Day. Um, uh, and he went into 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, and basically it was where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, Independence Day. So I have to say, yes, amen. Um, <laughs> through all these years of knowing you and loving you, um, gosh, being pastored by you, hearing your messages. Listen, y'all, if you haven't been pastored by, if you haven't opened your heart and truly allowed yourself to be pastored by pastor and DJ, you don't know what you're missing. And you've never experienced a love like no other. So I'm grateful, so grateful. Um, gosh, I wish I had the gift of words. But um, in, our, in your pastoring and all, we came down. And he's, he's so full of one-liners and, and um, uh, such wit. But seriously, if you allow him to pastor you, God's word will break through. And uh, just recently, um, through an awesome session, uh, I came to the knowledge of, uh, that uh, sorry <laughs> sorry uh, I made a bracelet um, maybe basically uh, that I may know him, that I may know him. So all our trials, all the circumstances we go in our life, pastor loves God so much and he loves God's people that he wants to bring us to that place of in complete independence and freedom and the knowledge of the, how great God's love is for you. So all our trials, all the situations, uh, all bring us to that point that we may know him. So thank you for 20-something years of love and support. I love you, DJ, and I'm so grateful for the power that you are. So hallelujah.
morning. It was 1997 you began? Past thumping was the number one hit on the radios. Tub thumping? Is anybody else Gen X or Millennial? Joe? Um, uh, for only 20%, one-fifth of your pastoring longevity, I have known you. Or a little bit more, six years. Um, when Pastor Andy, when I met Pastor Andy, he did not, I'm on this kick. You guys, you guys remember TLC, the song No Scrubs? <laughs> I was a scrub. I was a scrub for Jesus, right? Uh, I was hanging out the passenger side of my best friend's ride, Christine, uh, acting like I knew and loved Jesus, but I didn't. And Pastor Andy knew that too. And uh, he, but he, um, man, he, he received me like a friend with patience. Uh, and he just, and I've seen him do this with everybody. He has so much patience and a willingness to pour opportunities and grace into your life so that you can do better things for the kingdom. And, um, and that's really what he did for me. Uh, and one year after that, uh, I eventually, you know, I mean, I made myself uh, a God in my life and I, you know, was the worst God ever. And, uh, and he was there to really help me up. Um, and not by his own power, but just by injecting more of the word into my life. And being a good friend. And a man. Thank you, Pastor Andy. And I tried to prepare something, but that text I sent you a while ago, um, I really worked hard on that, and I didn't work hard on this. So. <laughs> um. So I would not be doing all the amazing things that I am doing with our church family if it wasn't for your teaching and encouragement. Thank you for being for taking a scared, grown man and helping him focus on God. Thank you for being a mentor and a friend. Thank you for trusting me to fail and succeed in tasks. Thank you for being a good ambassador of heaven in this crazy land we are in and focusing on what is most important, and that is Jesus. And if there is a spiritual family tree, I am in your lineage. And thank you, DJ. Thank you so much for Thank you for being that. Thank you for being that brick. <laughs> Thank you, DJ. You are stronger than all of us. 
You truly are. And not just the woman behind the man, but also the ministries that you've run. I've seen many women grow and flourish under your tutelage and also your patience and grace. Thank you. It took too long. usually on stage so I'm stage fright but here we go I'm good so I've been here since I was nine years old and now I got a nine-year-old daughter so I was here before pastor was a preacher and it's been quite the road and in pastors always been my quarterback and I've always been his right guard. And I've let him down. And, but it was me, I needed to grow. And in 2019, I was really hospitalized. And I had to forgive the past. And I wouldn't let it go. But pastor was there and he said, Daniel, you're a strong man. He kept encouraging me, and I forgave the past. I let it go. My chains were set free. I'm the child of the king, and pastor was always there. And it took me getting into the word myself, growing up in the church. I, it took me and my own faith, and pastor has always been by my side, encouraging me, and I appreciate you. And thank you for everything. Thank you for your kindness. Uh, this has been a rough uh, last year for me, and the church has been over over gracious to me and my family. And uh, it really has shown me that the last year has really shown me. Are you going to say something? No. Okay. No, I just didn't want to interrupt. The church has shown me just, just how beautiful she really is in, in your care of me and your grace with me, allowing me to uh, be broken and uh, not leaving me in that brokenness, but loving me through it. So I, I appreciate the church right now. I have seven sermons to go through. <laughs> You're laughing, and I'm not. I've been praying... To God all week. I know where we're going for the next eight weeks. I know exactly where we're going for the next eight weeks, but this week is kind of up in the air. So what do you want today? You want something short and sweet? You want something hard and fast? What do you, what do you, what do you want? You... Bring it. Well, what I don't want to do is just bring something just to bring something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just bring a sermon. I think that's why he gave me seven of them. He thinks he's funny. Can't even, there we go. And I, I prayed all week about what, what to say and, and how to say it because I wanted to give you something more, like I said, than just another sermon. I think you've had enough sermons. According to Angelo's e estimates, my Sunday morning preaching is 1,250 sermons that I've preached. 
And, uh, and that doesn't include the first 10 years of my ministry. We did Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We were on fire for Jesus. Every time the doors were open, I was preaching something. That's a lot of preaching. Yeah, that, that, that means shut up, pastor, and start preaching. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'll take it. I get it. I get it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'll just, I'll just pick one. No, I'm not picking one. I'm picking one that I know that he wants. I've been asked by several people, how do you survive serving God for, in, in a pastoral role for 25 years? And I thought that my answer would be simple, that I'm just so awesome <laughs> that it's been easy. But it really takes more than that to survive serving God for 25 years. And that's true not just for pastors. That's true for people in church who have been serving him for a long time. And so I just thought I'd share something out of Isaiah chapter 6. Because that's one of the passages that really jumped out at me. I, I didn't read the whole thing. That's part of the problem with Bible study. Don't pick a verse that really speaks to you and then not read the rest of it. Because the rest of it is telling you what's coming in the future. And I didn't know. If I would have known what was coming in the future, I would have stayed where I was before. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to have to turn, put my glasses on, 25 years. I didn't need glasses when I started. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8 says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. That was the response to God's call upon my life. And he said, go say this to the people. Because see, this is the part that I didn't read on. I just read, send me. And said, I'm, I'll go. I'll go, Jesus. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And he said, go say to the people, keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but don't perceive. Make the heart of these people dull. Bore these people to death. And their ears heavy and, they're blind, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And then I said, Isaiah said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is, is a desolate waste. The call of Isaiah's, Isaiah into the ministry was one that included not popularity or not perfection. It was going to be pain. It's the same call that happened to Jeremiah when God said to Jeremiah, listen, you're going to minister for the rest of your life and no one's ever going to be converted unto, unto God from you, through you. That's not what you get into ministry for. You get into ministry because you expect people to get saved and lives to be changed and that, that does happen. But you don't expect it to be hard. Because what happens when it gets hard, that's when you want to quit. That's true for those of you who have been following Jesus for a while. There's, there's seasons where you're like, excited about Jesus and then there's the seasons where it's just hard to follow Jesus seasons where you're listening to the Holy Spirit and, and, and obeying him and there's seasons where you're grieving him and quenching him where it gets hard to follow Jesus am I the only one that's had that trouble like where there's been times where it's just been hard to follow Jesus it's been hard to put up with the negativity and the difficulties and the trials and the tribulations and the trouble See, if you don't read the rest of that, it's easy to say, here, send me. But 
don't send me into a place where they're not going to listen. Don't send me in a place where there's going to be difficulty. And don't send me to a place until they, that, that it's not going to change until they destroy themselves. That's depressing. But that's the call of God on, in our lives. And I thought about this. It's easy to read this passage in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then say, here am I, send me. But I've learned that you'll never go until you know who God is. See, if you don't read the first part of that passage, if you don't read the context and, and really apply it to your heart, you might get into this Jesus thing and you might start following Jesus. You might start serving him a little bit and it's going to get hard. And when it gets hard, if you don't have the first part of this, you're going to quit. I'm just, I've just learned that by this first part, that's what keeps me in it. That's why I haven't quit. That's why I keep going. That's why I don't stop. No matter what the people do, I just keep going because I just have this first part down. So I wanted to help you um, just kind of understand what will keep you serving God. So let's just look at some things. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Yeah. Above him stood the seraphim, and each had six wings. Whoops, I went too far. <laughs> see, the first thing you need to do is see that God is bigger than whatever you're thinking is bigger than. Yes. He is greater than your problems. He's greater than your weakness. He's greater than your inability to serve him. Yeah. He's greater than whatever you're going to face. He's greater than whatever trouble you're going to experience. He's greater than... And see, if you can't see God as greater than, you'll never last in ministry. You'll never last as a Christian. You'll never last in church. Because he is bigger than whatever you're going to go through. He was bigger than Jer Jeremiah and Isaiah's problems with people not listening to him. He was bigger than that problem. How big is your God? How big is he, Really? Whatever problem you're facing, how big is your God? Is he bigger than that mountain that you're facing? Is he, can, 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 did he not just say to, that we're supposed to say to that mountain, get up and move? Yeah. I mean, is he really big enough to do that? Or do we just read that story and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great little story. I've watched God over the last 25 years move mountains. I've watched him change things that I thought there's no way that's, that's going to change but I just trusted in him and I watched him just take something that seemed so ginormous and he made it into nothing. How big is your God? How holy is your God? Look at verse 3. Well, let's read 2. And, a, and I got to get my glasses on. This is... I'm reading out of my study Bible. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, and two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And he called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy. He's a holy God. Do you serve a holy God? God that doesn't change his mind, but he keeps his word. 
a God that is so perfect and so pure that whatever promise he made to you and to, to me that he will keep? How about a holy son? Jesus is holy. Though he experienced life exactly what we experience on life with sin, yet he did it without sin. That's what makes him so awesome. That's why I love him so much because he lived this life without any temptation. Failing to temptation, not that he didn't have temptation. But he never fell into temptation. He never sinned. And I think we minimize that too much. I don't think we really think about how holy Jesus was and how hard it was for him. Like, if it was me, if I was Jesus and they were going to hang me on the cross, I'd just, in the power of God, I'd just wipe everybody out. But he was so holy. He was so pure. He had to keep his word. He had to keep his promise that he would not sin. Could you imagine trying to keep a promise to not sin? How, how well do you do with that? You know ice cream's not good for you, but you just drive by Dairy Queen and it just draws you in. <laughs> and you say, I'll just not do it again. I'll, I'll, I'll change the way that I think. I'll change the way that I act. He never did that. He never had to change the way he acted because he was holy. The Holy Spirit's also holy. We talk about the Spirit of God, but we, we don't think about how holy he is. When he speaks to you, he's speaking to you out of, a, out of a position of holiness, purity. He knows what's really going on in your heart, and he really knows what you need to do to get through that, to change, to be guided into truth, to be guarded from the truth, to empower you. They are different than us. They are better than us. And I think sometimes we kind of try to make God to be the same as us. How holy is your God? Because my God's not like me. I needed God to save me through his son Jesus and then fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can survive this life without living in sin forever. I need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I need the challenge of the Holy Spirit. I need the gifting of the Holy Spirit to do the work that God has called me to do. How holy is your God? How big is your God? How holy is your God? How powerful is your God? Verse 4. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. God speaks and he's, there's so much power emanating from his voice. That the foundations of heaven, heaven shook. Now I would think... If God's in heaven, that's a pretty secure place. It's a pretty strong place. I think it was built to be able to handle God. But his voice is so powerful, he shook the foundations. How powerful is your God when he speaks? When he speaks to you about your sin, how powerful is he? What's, what's he, is, is it enough to make you repent? Is it enough to make you change your ways? Is it enough... Is it powerful enough to transform your life? Are his words powerful enough to give you hope when you're hopeless? Help when you're helpless. And holy when you're unholy. Can his words, are his words so powerful in your life that you 
want to obey them because you respect him. How humble are you in his presence? Verse 5. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning... Whoops, that's verse 6, sorry. Verse 5. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I've really struggled with this. Idea of humility in the presence of God. Because I've watched modern day Christianity and there's not much humility coming out of it. There's a lot of pride. A lot of prideful Christians in this world who say they've been in the presence of God. And let me just tell you, if you've been in the presence of God, you've been humbled. It is a humbling experience to be close to God. And I, there, there's times when I hear people say, well, well we, we want the presence of God to be here. We do want the presence of God to be here, but it scares me a little bit. Because if we're in his presence, it's humbling. Because he is greater than us, and he is more holy than us. And he is more powerful than us. See, I've learned that those who are closest to God truly are humble. They truly are humbled by the fact that they are not God. And they are not special. They're saved, amen? That's about as close as they get to humility. And I thought about this. How, how, do, how do we figure out humility? Isaiah 66, 2 says, All these things my hand has made, God said. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is to the one to whom I will look. This is who he's looking for. This is who God is looking for. He who is humble and contrite in spirit. God is looking for the humble. God is looking for those who respond to his holiness, respond to his power, respond to his presence, realizing he's above them. But it also adds, and trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. This is how to get God to see you. You want God to see you? You want to be in his presence? You want to be humbled? Do you tremble at his word? I got a couple of passages I'm going to use, but one of them is James chapter 4 and verse 6. Scripture teaches, James said, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud. Could you imagine God opposing you? Just imagine that for a moment. God is opposing you. God is against you because you're prideful. Because you think you can figure it out. You think you can do it on your own. You think you can do it in your power. And God says, you can't do it without me. But doesn't that make you tremble sometimes when you're prideful? When you act like you don't need God? I think about the angels, the passage where it talks about verse 2, it says, and he, above him stood the seraphims, each had six wings, which two he covered his feet with, two he covered his feet, two he covered his face with, two he covered his feet, that's my eyesight. And with two he flew, and one, and one called to another, holy, 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 
The angels in the presence of God did everything they could to cover themselves while in his presence. They were so humbled by his holiness. They were so humbled by his power. They were so humbled by his perfection that they did everything they could to cover themselves. They, they were not trying to uh, be prideful. Think about standing before the presence of God. What are you going to be prideful of? What are you going to say, but look at what I did, God? I preached for 25 years. He's been preaching for thousands of years and been way more faithful than I've been. Way more effective. See, I believe standing in his presence should cause us to, to, to woe, not show. It should cause us to be honest with ourselves and realize I'm, an, I'm a man or a woman of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I have a need for you, God. And I dwell in the midst of a people who have a need for you, God. It's not about me. It's about my sin and what I need to do to, to be forgiven of it. I don't see a lot of that humility in Christianity today. But that's what makes you quit. Because you get so full of yourself, you no longer need God. So God puts you through a trial or puts you through some tribulation to draw you back to Him. And then you get mad at God because He's only trying to humble you. Do you see him as your savior? Isaiah 6, 6 says, Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having his hand in his hand a burning coal, which he had taken from the tongs from off the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Is Jesus Christ truly your savior? Or did you save yourself? Did you save yourself? Did you, just because you stopped doing a sin, that meant that you're no longer a sinner. See, Isaiah couldn't do anything on his own to deal with the sin. All he was doing was saying, woe is me. I'm dealing with a holy God. I'm dealing with an all-powerful God. I'm dealing with a, a God that's greater than me. See, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to hear and hear it right. Your personal confession of sin doesn't cleanse yourself of sin. Just because you say you're a sinner doesn't make you, make you a saved person. It is he that is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. It is Jesus Christ that does that. It is God who sent his son to pay the price for your sins that did that. It is the Holy Spirit that then comes and indwells you and, and gives you the power to get victory over your sin. But sometimes we think that we ourselves are our Savior. Like we can, we can do it on our own. We can, am I the only one that tries to stop sinning and struggles with, with it in my own power? I can't do it without Him. I can't save myself and I can't stop sinning without His help. See, you're not going to last if your God's not bigger than you. Because you're going to face things, you're going to need a big God. You're going to need to surrender to Him. 
If you can't trust the word of your God, if he's not holy, then you're trusting in your own words or your own belief systems. And God can't help you and his son can't help you and the spirit of God definitely won't help you. Is your God all-powerful? Tell me, what problem are you going through that he can't, can't defeat, give you victory over, empower you to be victorious in? What is, what is going on that, that he is not powerful enough to solve your marital problems? He's not powerful enough to solve your financial problems. He's not powerful enough to solve your physical problems. He's not powerful enough to do whatever you need him to do. Come on, aren't you humbled by his presence? If your God doesn't humble you, he's not much of a God. Because that means you're the God in the, in the relationship. And that means you're going to be trying to get, do things in your own power instead of trusting God to help you with it. You're going to be trusting in your wisdom, not in his. All of my mistakes in ministry have been made when I made my own decisions. Don't you tremble at his word? I mean, I'm not talking about running in fear. I'm talking about being so respectful of him that when he speaks, you hear everything that he says. Where you put your stupid phone down and you just pay attention to what the voice of God is saying to you. Okay, that wasn't very fun. I am, I am, the longer I do this, the more amazed I am at the holiness and the purity and the power of God. And the less impressed I am about myself. The, the church is very good about honoring me as a, as a pastor, but I always feel like I just get in the way of him. I don't, I don't want you to believe in me. I want you to believe in him. I, I like what Paul said. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And in areas that I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. We're going to fall into the ditch together. And then I'm going to have to push you off of me. Or the opposite. If he's not your savior... None of this is going to make a difference. Can you hear the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? If your God is small, if your God is weak, if your God can't save you, then why would you surrender to that calling? And that calling doesn't change after 25 years. It's the same calling that happened to me 25 years ago that's happening in me right now. But you won't go if you don't know who your God is. Who is your God? Who is he? Is he the same God of Isaiah? Because Isaiah wrote, wrote a great book about his experience with God. What will your story be? 
What will your story of faith be? What will your story of faith be? I want you to survive serving God. I want you to be successful at serving God. But your God's got to be bigger and better than what I'm seeing. And then you'll go when your God's bigger or better. I've asked the ladies to uh, lead us in a song. It's a song that's been resonating in me all week long and bringing me to tears all week long. Because it keeps bringing me back to that place, that point, that moment when I surrendered my life to something bigger than a paper mill. Bigger than a retirement, bigger than a life for myself. And I just wonder if God's speaking to you right now about your life. I wonder if he's trying to speak to you about a calling that he's got for you. That you've been kind of running from because your God's small. And he's trying to say, who will go for me? 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 And your little God, you're not going to go for him because you're scared. Why don't you find, your, find out from the scriptures just how big your God is? You can trust him. He's bigger than any problem that you're going to face. His promises are true. He's better than you. He's powerful. It's humbling to be in the presence of God. Because he is so amazing and so awesome. When he speaks, I have to choose. Am I going to listen to my voice or his? And his voice is way more powerful. See, he's been my savior since the moment that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and trusted him to be my savior. And he's been taking care of me ever since. So when he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? It was easy for me to say, here am I, send me. I know it's going to be hard. I know they're not going to listen. I know that not, I'm not going to build this great empire for, in the name of Pastor Andy Roberts. But maybe, just maybe, I'll impact a few people for the cause of Christ. I think God, no, I won't say that. Let's stand. Sing with us, please. Just bear with me. Um, this is actually the first time I've ever sang this song. <laughs> or played it. It's a beautiful song. If it's bandaging the broken or washing filthy feet, here I am, Lord. 
I'm poor or if I'm wealthy, I will serve you just the same. Here I am, Lord, send me on the mountain or the valley. I will choose to praise. Here I am, Lord, send me. If I'm known by how I love, let my life reflect how much I
that's waiting and you're just waiting on people to surrender to you and they need a bigger God they need to trust in your promises they need to believe your voice has power that your words have power they need to be humbled by your presence trust you as their savior that even when we make mistakes even when we fail even when we fall you're there to forgive us we love you Jesus listen to the hearts that are surrendered to you today that, that have said here am I send me and then show them to the direction that you want them to go that you may be glorified in their life I love you, and I'm grateful that you've called me to this. And I look forward to my future with you. But I don't want to go alone. I want others to come with. I want others to experience things that I've experienced in the power and the presence of God. You are a great God. Thanks for this beautiful day, Father. We're going to go out and enjoy the sunshine that you gave us. We love you, Father. In Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for your love. Have a great day. Enjoy the sun.
Oh 